Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. in softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra. And however you got here today, whether it was an audio podcast platform like Apple, Spotify, etc., or watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you get your pods. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. There's merch too. Click the link in our bio on either of those pages or go to shop.believe.com to purchase. There are three different softball shirts available covering our bases, safer out, and catch you soon. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll share some updates and call-outs. Then we'll head into today's interview with Charlize Palacios. She's a UCLA Bruin and one of the best catchers in the country. Sister of a friend of the show from season one, Sachelle Palacios. The OGs know. And then we'll end with the foul tip of the week where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's go. Covering our bases. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, the game starts here. And it doesn't stop here. I'm excited that I'm teaming up with Rippet Sports this season. I actually wore my new Ringer Turfs this past weekend, and they'll be making another appearance this weekend. I just love their mission to elevate female athletic performance. They understand that women and girls deserve gear specifically tailored to our needs, gear that fits right performs well, and meets our unique demands. Ripit is offering an exclusive 15% discount. Just use the code Jenna15 when you shop at Ripit.com. That's jenna one This is your chance to experience the same quality gear that helps so many women and girls excel. And like I said, I was wearing some of that new gear in Clearwater this past weekend, and it felt really like, if I had to describe it, if Oklahoma City and a travel ball tournament had a baby. That's what Clearwater felt like. The multiple teams with the multiple fields, and there was sort of a mile that you walked between the two different sets of fields, the long days. That part of it felt like travel ball again, in a way. But the caliber of teams and fans felt just like the Women's College World Series. I mean, Nigel Kennedy said that as well, that it, that's what it reminded her of when we were there. And it was certainly a pituation, there was a pituation, to say the least. Friend of the show, Amanda Scarborough, actually tweeted about this and how there were more runs scored in the first two days of the tournament than ever before by almost 100. I want everyone to keep in mind that a lot of aces graduated, especially for teams who were there. The rain prevented us from seeing how these pitching staffs would respond. But, you know, we have more chances coming up. The other thing I love, too, though, is that I saw so many people in person, some for the first time, too. Sachelle Palacios, the timing couldn't be better with this episode that I finally was able to hang with her a little bit. And then Amanda Lorenz and most of the D1 softball team I got to meet in person and or see them in person if I already knew them. So it felt like really good team bonding sort of in the grind. And that feeling kind of reminds me of, of when I played it in a good way. And obviously, you know, loved the exposure on TV and streaming. I was on site, but the fact that we had that was fantastic. Speaking of TV, another college softball game is going to be on MLB Network. UCLA and Tennessee at Mary Nutter this weekend. It's going to be tape delayed on Sunday night at 7 p.m. Pacific. Tune in. On the pro side of the house as well, ESPN and Athletes Unlimited announced a really exciting multi-year deal. All four sports are going to be on ESPN this year for the first time. So AU Pro Basketball will be as well. About 70% of the live games are going to be on TV. The rest is going to be on ESPN+. This is great news, not just for softball, but for women's sports. You know, more TV and more streaming, and we get to see more of our friends, like Amanda Lorenz, play. What's not to love? 
Speaking of which, her and I got the first episode of 2024 for the D1 Softball Podcast out this week. Super excited about it. We're going to be hosting it every week. And let us know what you think. Uh, It's on all the platforms, including YouTube. Would love your feedback. And I think some of the things, we, we really dive deep in that podcast, but just some quick hits for the Power Five in terms of where my head's at so far, just a couple weeks into the season. I would say the SEC is doing well across the board, and I really think they're being led by Georgia right now. It's not only that they're winning, but they're also winning against strong competition. And I think that they, they've they really shown their capability early in the season. You know, with the Big 12, they always have OU. Recent years, you know, we've seen Oklahoma State as well right there. But Texas is on the rise. They have shown to be in the first couple weekends the real deal so far. So they're, they're one to look for, you know, number two in the D1 softball top 25 for a reason. On the Pac-12 side of the house, they're really being led by Washington right now. Like UW came out firing the first weekend immediately, and Ruby Malin is is feeling good. She's looking good in the circle. And a couple of teams to watch, which have popped into the polls for most of the polls, at least in the top 25, are Arizona and Cal. I said this before the season that those two were going to be ones to watch, but they are on a roll. Both have beaten ranked teams. Both have only one loss in the season so far. Continue to watch those two. For the ACC... Is this finally the year that Duke or Clemson surpass Florida State at the end? We've seen Duke and Clemson do incredibly well during conference play and get that tournament championship, the regular season championship, but will they surpass Florida State at the end, in the postseason? We've seen FSU at the World Series. Are we going to see Duke or Clemson? Are they going to get over that hill? I think that's the big question right now out of that conference. And then for the Big Ten, you know what? They need more opportunities. You know, Northwestern is the only one who's been consistently ranked, but I don't think it will stay that way. A lot of cancellations recently due to weather, and they've affected them in particular. I think we need to keep watching because I think some things are going to shift in the Big Ten. But you can get even more details in the D1 softball episode that just came out. Some call-outs that I want to mention outside of the top 25. Howard softball. So they were the 2024 champs for the inaugural HBCU Softball Invitational. So that means they won the Watley Cup. Uh, They were undefeated 5-0. They outscored opponents 41-9. So what this means is they will be the HBCU Impact Award winners with the Natasha Watley Foundation. And it means they'll get financial and program support in the 2024-2025 school year. So huge shout out to two friends of the show who have actually, I think, been on here the most out of anyone, Tori Tyson, head coach of Howard, and Natasha Watley for making it happen. The other team that I want to call out, you know, speaking of the Big Ten, Wisconsin. Day one of Clearwater, they nearly upset Georgia in extra innings. They went 10 innings. They nearly beat Kentucky down to the wire. And throughout their time in Clearwater, they played Oklahoma State, Washington, and UCF. On paper, they lost all of those games, but these are some good teams and they scored 26 runs and at least five in all of them, except for Washington, but they still scored one. So they scored in everything. And they also run ruled Boise State opening weekend. Mary Nutter, they will be there. That's a slate with three teams ranked and at least one poll for them, including number one overall OU. So I just think that they are very much a fighting team. I think this is an example of we're so early in the season. The record doesn't reflect the ability. There's plenty to build on there. And I think it's going to be incredibly valuable experience going into conference, especially with a Big Ten that's kind of open and there for the taking. So I'm very interested to see how that how that works out. Speaking of Mary Nutter, too, I'm going this weekend. I'm here. I'm on the ground doing some event coverage with D1 Softball, just like we did in Clearwater. And I actually got to play at Mary Nutter during my time. You know, I played a lot of travel softball tournaments at Big League Dreams in Cathedral City down near Palm Springs. So I'm excited to go back on this side of things. And it really has turned into, you know, the preseason tournaments. The big ones are in Puerto Vallarta, Clearwater, Mary Nutter, and then Judy Garman, which will be the weekend after. And I'm excited that we're going to we're going to be there once more. And in this particular case. This tournament is about halfway-ish through the preseason, through the initial non-conference play. 
I think it could be a turning point for teams and, you know, it could really go either way. So I think this is a really big weekend coming up. And someone else at Mary Nutter is today's guest. I had a chance to chat with her heading into this season. So let's head into the interview. She is a UCLA Bruin, a three-time All-Pac-12 and All-West Region honoree, two-time Women's College World Series participant, 2022 Canada Cup champion with Team USA, and one of the best catchers in the country, Charlize Palacios. Charlize, thanks for joining. I'm so happy about this. Thank you for having me. Super honored to be here and just to be able to chat about some softball. I mean, always the best, right? Like that makes it, that makes so it easy. easy. So fun. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, it's an honor for me, especially because your sister, Sachelle, was one of my really early interviews in the very first season of this show. And that is so awesome. She, she was awesome. And I feel like the best way to describe her is like, she's just like a ride or die, you know? And oh, it's my the best. God. Yeah. Like the passion just pours out of Sachelle and she's just like so down to earth awesome human. I mean, I'm her biggest fan. So obviously I'm going to go on and on about her, but she's <laughs> awesome. So I'm I'm sure you had a great time with her on your interview. Oh yeah. Especially because it was back in 2020. So I think, I don't know if she'd say the same, hopefully, but for me, I was like, this is part of what's keeping me sane during mm-hmm. all the craziness was getting to oh, talk I'm to people sure. like her. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure she loves doing this stuff and loves just elevating the sport and just talking about it. She like was born to be a catcher, born to play. So she loves it. Absolutely. And she went to ASU, as most people know, but for those who don't. But she proudly, I talked to her about this at the time, proudly wore the Arizona A when you were in Tucson. And now she's decked out in UCLA gear. That's real love. It's it's true love. And I think she was always so ride or die for ASU, but she is even more ride or die for me. And she's just my biggest fan. So wherever I go, I have my little posse behind me, my family, my core four, and then my grandpa too. He's been tagging along and stuff. But yeah, Sachelle is for sure always in UCLA Palacios gear. Always. I, I mean, I respect it. It's so like, it takes, again, a lot of love to be able to do that. But you're you're both catchers, right? Like you said, she was born to be a catcher. I feel like I've seen the same thing in you and watching you play. And I just want to know how that was growing up, though, that you were both catchers. You know, sometimes sisters are both pitchers, but both catchers is a little different. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because actually my dad was a catcher. Um, he got drafted and he was just always about baseball and softball. So when he had two little girls and then my little brother too, we're a family full of catchers. So all three of us were catchers and I had the best coaches. I had my dad and my sister. So it was kind of easy at first when my sister was in it, I was like, Oh, I want to do everything but softball. But I, I would play DS and I was like such a video game girl, loved animals. But then I finally got into it and I was like, this is kind of fun. I kind of like this and just being in the gear. And I just always looked up to Sachelle and my dad. So I, it was kind of easy for me to just navigate my way through catching. I remember Sachelle mentioning when I talked to her too, that your dad always used to tell her, and I'm assuming you, you tell me to be the chispa. Like when it yes. comes to- Oh my gosh, that's crazy that you bring that up. That literally gave me chills. Yeah, being a chispa, it's like a little spark in Spanish. So he always wanted us to be a spark behind the play and be a spark like like just for the team, for the game. It's like being a quarterback, but bigger than that, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, that's like our little thing is be a chispa. I like have it all over my gear. I like, like to put little lightning bolts on things because it's like be a spark. I love that you have it on your gear. I used to do that too, like write some things, you know, like motivational stuff. Now it's like, I feel like you all get custom everything. So you have oh like God, embroidery right. <laughs> and everything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so cool. I just, little messages to remind me that my family's right there with me, even though they're literally always in the stands. Like, it's not like they're never not with me. They follow me to, my dad went to Arkansas by himself. He was the only one that could go, but he does not miss a game. So Shell and my dad are just like, they fly out all the time. They're they're the crew. They they always are with me. Man, family. Family's the best. It really is. Oh my gosh, I mean, yeah. And you, you're right, literally followed you because even on Team Mexico's tour before the Olympics, like you and Sachelle caught against each other in Tucson. Is that kind of like the dream? Like, does it get better than that? It honestly doesn't. It was the most surreal moment. I remember I was catching. She came up to bat first. That's just how it worked out. And... 
I literally wanted to reach out and grab her leg. Like I, it was like <laughs> I was playing my idol. It was like as if like whoever you had grown up watching all these years from behind the fence, I finally got to play against her. And oh my gosh, it's giving me chills right now. Like just seeing her up close do her thing and like being able to have my sister there with me was so unreal. And God willing, we'll be able to ho- like play together this this summer or, or in the future but it was an awesome thing and I think that's going to go down as one of my favorite games that I play how could it not I mean it was so fun to even just watch from the outside you know you can't help it was but amazing that kind of thing yeah absolutely and the cool thing too in addition to everything we've already said is I had asked her at the time or essentially like insinuated like oh wow Charlize must really look up to you you know and she's like well you'd have to ask her and obviously that was way back then, a few years ago. So now I'm like, well, for the record, I get to ask you. And it seems Oh, clear. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's crystal clear that she's she's my one. And she's she's always been there for me. And she is my idol. She is my female athlete that I always look up to. Amazing. Amazing. Another thing that she and I talked about, too, that I can relate to is just Latina representation. Like, I'm, I'm Latina. I'm my dad's side. I'm Spanish and Mexican. And so we talked a little bit about that. And I've seen you kind of during Hispanic Heritage Month, you gave credit to your grandparents, for example, for being where you are today. And I feel like family, it's big in softball, but it's really big in our culture as well. And I can see that with you guys. Yeah, I I would like to talk to that. I think in Hispanic culture, um, family is the core and your culture pours through your family. And that's one thing that my parents, I'm really blessed that they taught us the lessons of having our family be close and being our biggest supporters. But it ultimately trickled down from my grandparents. They did everything for our family. They immigrated here um, and on both sides. And they just wanted to make a better opportunity for my family. And they've done it. They've been able to send all their almost all their grandkids on from my family to college. My little brother, he's applying right now. So we're all on that that journey to just make a better life here. And um, they all started from them making sacrifices that maybe didn't let them chase their dreams, but allowed us to. And are you, is your generation of the family first gen college? My mom actually went to college. So my mom, um, she went to college and she was able to be first gen, but we are probably second gen and we all just wanted to pursue it. And our parents made it a point. We will make sure you guys make it to college. So they have always pushed us to just chase our dreams and be hard workers. And I'm so glad that I got that treat from both of them, the work ethic and the passion. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I was a first generation student athlete, college graduate in my family. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Like each generation works hard to make the next one even better. My grandparents, like, I don't know if they even officially finished high school, you know, and then my parents, they did. Um, my mom went to trade school, dad did some college, but didn't do the four-year degree situation. And then I was the first one. But in some ways, it's weird. It's like you don't have maybe as much information as others would if they have generations and generations of people who have gone to college. But you have like almost more of a different kind of support, if that makes sense. Did you experience yeah. that too as a second gen? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think my both my parents didn't really have people to navigate that for them. And my parents did their best at trying to navigate it for us, but it is that support. It's that un- unconditional love and constant push to be like, you got this, you can do this. And I think it's the stories that my dad tells me about when he was younger and he he didn't have the best upbringing of like, they had so much money, but they had a lot of love. And that's all that my dad always ever tells me. He's like, we didn't have a lot, but we had love. And in that little house that they grew up in, they just had so much care for one another and he grew up with a bunch of siblings and my mom, same thing. She would tell me, she's like, I, my parents couldn't do much, but they did what they could for us. And that's something that really speaks volumes through my life. And I try to live my happiest life because I know that's what they wanted to provide to me. I think it's cool too, when people find a little bit of that culture, when they go on their own paths too, like someone else that we we've obviously all looked up to, uh, especially with Latina representation is Lisa Fernandez. Right. And then like, here you are in the bullpen with her, for example, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you found your family with the Bruins. So how does that translate to, do you think from your actual core family to, okay, this is my family on the field. Um, so through recruiting, I, once I had transferred out of Arizona, 
I was looking for somewhere closer to home, but also somewhere where I could feel that family atmosphere because I've I've grown up with such a close knit family in my own household. So I wanted to find a family. And instantly when I got here, Coach I and Lisa embraced me in a hug, made me feel at home. And they brought that family atmosphere. And I know that Lisa comes from a Latino background and just she she exudes what I've always learned of being a hard worker. She is the hardest worker that I've ever known. And she has always pushed us to just be very meticulous and have attention to detail. But she also is the first one to give you a hug and ask you how you're doing. And I know that whenever anything goes off, off, off of the softball field, she's the first to text me, hey, how are you doing? And it's just that that want to turn people into family. She she turns anyone she she meets into family. And it's just that instant connection that I found with Coach Lisa as well, that she's just... She's a little teddy bear. I know she seems like she'd be like a scary coach, but no, she's the best coach that has the most knowledge. And I always gravitate towards her to just be able to learn more and just pick her brain. I mean, we have Lisa Fernandez here as a coach, like <laughs> who wouldn't want to pick Coach Lisa's brain? But she also at the same time, like I'm able to just go give her a hug before practice even starts. And she'll ask me how I'm doing. I mean, what it was a few days ago, I was like, Coach Lisa, guess what? Like I did a pull up with a, like a yellow plate. She got so excited that I was like, I wasn't even that excited, but now you're making me excited. She just embraces you so much and uplifts you, and she just wants the best for all of us, and she's just so caring, and that reminds me a lot of my family, and that's why she has become so, so close-knit as family, and I can call them all my my people. That's so important for people to know because I even, so I've had Kelly, I and Lisa both on the show and they were both amazing as expected. But I remember asking Lisa, I was like, people have described you as intense. Like, what are your thoughts on that? You know? And she obviously is as a competitor, but like, she's a human too. We talk about that in terms of the athletes. Like these are student athletes. These are people. It's the same with the coaches, even the legends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she, coach Lisa is a down to earth, amazing person and we've taken a bunch of personality tests and it's like told us like oh she's a little more analytical and I was like I could see that but coach Lisa you're still super emotional like you love to just uplift us and like love on us and we're we're all her girls like she has two amazing boys that love her but she has a bunch of 20 24 daughters this year so she has a bunch of us and she's she just embraces us a lot and she she was an amazing competitor and amazing coach that she she gets down to competition and she loves it but at the same time we get into our team room and we get into like the dugout and she'll be the first to come and give us an embrace i saw her the other day i think throwing bp to her son and i was like i mean mom of the year like amazing throwing overhand bp right like this yeah. is baseball we're talking about what can awesome. she do what can Seriously. she do i tell myself all the time <laughs> i know i asked her too i was like what do you think about them always calling you the goat and like kind of like you know, always referencing that. She's like, it's fine. But like, I'm Coach Lisa now, you know, or whatever. But I'm like, you got to get used to it. I mean, that's, she's used to it by now, I'm sure. No. And I, last year she would come at 6 a.m. weights in the fall and work out like on the assault bike. And the assault bike is no joke. Like that is powered by blood, sweat, and your soul. Like that assault bike is no joke. And she would be on it for the entire time we were lifting. And I was just like, goat behavior. Like, that is just goat behavior right there. But at the same time, we're like, that's just Coach Lisa. Like, that's just how she is. She's built so different. And she's just like, she's amazing. Like, it's really inspiring to have someone like that believing in you. You know, the best is believing in you. And I think that's what gives us so much confidence. Like, we look over to first base when she's coaching there. And she has the most support and belief for all of us. Yeah. Same, same hairstyle that she's always had too but like yes <laughs> the classic bun that she's always <laughs> rocked it's great <laughs> it's the cutest thing we love it we love it I always compliment her hair when it's curly and she's like really you know like yes it looks so good like she she's just the cutest thing ever <laughs> you're right about the belief though too that stood out a lot when I talked to her too and just even watching you all compete you know it she one of my favorite things that she said was she was like, if someone tells me I can't do something, chances are it's going to occur because she's just like, that's the type of person she is. And I love seeing that rub off on, on all of you. Yeah. She, she's amazing at just giving advice and, and motivating and almost just reframing things rather than if I can't do it, I will do it. 
Like yeah. she has always just been a believer like that. She's always sending us quotes and things on Instagram or anything that she sees that is just reminds her of just wanting to win and that grit. And she she instills a lot of fire in us. And I think it helps with like empowering young women. They all do a really good job, all coaches in, in their different ways. But Coach Lisa does a really good job of empowering us to feel our best when we're going to play. And she motivates us all in, in, in a way that we can see the success that she's had, but also just sending us little things to like, remind us like, Hey, you got this, like today's your day to win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things that makes the brew and bubble special. And I might've graduated from Stanford, but I can say that now because I've talked to so many of you, including like your teammate, Megan Faramo, Rachel Garcia has been on the show, Natasha Watley, Dot Richardson, Stacey Newman, Amanda Freed. Like there are so many people and it's just become crystal clear to me how special that is. And now, you know, you've competed against the bubble. Now you're in, you've been in the bubble now. You're in it. Uh, safe to say, I'm assuming you prefer being in it. <laughs> you know, I love the bubble. Like I, I'm just like, this is an amazing place to be. It's so much love and support in this bubble, but also a lot of greats. Like you brought up Tosh, you brought up Megs, you brought up Rachel. Like everyone that you see here is great. And it's an amazing thing to to be a part of because you are who you surround yourself with. And I think that's the biggest thing is like the bubble is so tight, but yet it's so it's so big and it's so full of empowered, strong women and even just the alumni that support us. It's like we it's such an amazing thing that you never want to leave it. And it shows here at UCLA. We have people come down all the time and just want to see practice or just say hey to Coach I and it's it's the best feeling. It's 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 a home. It's a home here. Oh, and you definitely see the bubble at the Women's College World Series. It's like they're loud. They're oh, loud. Yeah. Can't miss them every every single time. Every time. <laughs> there there may be few, but they're loud. They're rowdy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I know like, hey, that's the goal, right? You're trying to get back there this year. You know, yeah. the end of last season was not necessarily what you all hoped for, obviously, and had worked towards. And I know you you had you know, your, your injury and you didn't even get to like see the rest of the season through. So coming into to this season and now competing with a new team, new year, new team is the mindset. Do you think about like, Oh, we're extra hungry because of last year. Or are you totally clean slate with 2024? I think it's a good mixture. I think last year things happen in sports. Sports are never guaranteed. And I think that's the beauty of it. Um, you never know who's really going to win. You you never know. So we came into this year wiping the slate clean, but we understood that it happened. And I think our biggest motto this year and our mindset is to level up. And we've been surrounding around that. We've been leveling up in all different ways in our mentality and our physicality and everything that pertains to the sport. And I think we're really honing in on that. And it's it's been a big fuel for us um, and we remember how it tastes, how it feels, and just wanting to get back on the field. But I think rather than allowing it to bring us down, we're, we're allowing it to level us up. Uh, now it makes sense. Well, it made sense anyways, but even more sense that Lisa's like hyped that you leveled up and, and had a heavier plate for your, your pull-ups. I mean, leveling up, it makes sense. Exactly, level up. <laughs> <laughs> even the little things, though, it's true. It's true. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> So how would you describe kind of, you, you did it a little bit, but even more so like the vibe within the team this year? I mean, especially from a bullpen perspective, you know, obviously Megan was fantastic. Brooke Yanez was fantastic. And you still have some other great pitchers as well, but it's a new year again. So what do you think the vibe is like now? Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to work with some pretty awesome pitchers. Like you mentioned, Meg, um, Brooke, they the pitching staff last year was amazing but this year they they have a little edge to them and I like it and I really enjoyed what I've been able to see through this entire bullpen um although they're young they're feisty and they go for it and they're very coachable they're super excited to get out there and just show what they have to the world and I'm excited to be there to help guide them and just be be a, a voice of reason but also their biggest support system and their fan and just help them with whatever I can. I think this year, what my main focus is to just help them navigate these feelings of 
that they have since they're so young and I think also navigate the the process of going through games going through a lengthy season and just trying to aid them throughout their career and have them have a good start to their career but also take them to OKC I want them to feel it this year you know I I, I want them to make sure that they have that that stage that I've been able to experience twice. It's it's a beautiful thing and it's where the best softball is played. And I think that our pitching staff and this team deserves to be there. So I'm going to do anything in my power to be able to help them get there. I, I spoken like a true catcher. Like this is, you just described, I feel like the art of being an elite catcher for elite pitchers. And it's such an art though. I feel like catchers just don't get enough love. Like I feel like you don't get enough love. I feel like catchers in general don't get enough love because it's so, so, so crucial to what you all do. Yeah, I think of me and Coach I, we relate on like so many levels. We took this personality test. We are like hitting on all cylinders the same. We're both Capricorns, we're both catchers. Like we found one in one another. Like we are just (laughs) identical. It's actually crazy, but we just love to give to our people. And I think that's like one of the biggest things. I don't think I could have been any other position because I do love to give a lot of myself to my teammates and catching's perfect for it. And I love working with pitchers. I love pitching is such a hard job. It, it's so hard. And I love to just be there to sh- try to land a hand wherever I can. And, um, it, catching is awesome. I mean, it's National Catcher's Day. So shout out to all the catchers. <laughs> we have our day. <laughs> But yeah, so we us catchers, we feel the love from our teammates a lot of the time. And I think that's the bit the best payback that I could get is just getting a high five or getting a smile when someone strikes out. And I think I cheer louder than the pitcher sometimes when they strike someone out. So I get so hyped for them and their success and just the whole team's success. I love when I see catchers get like so pumped for the pitchers though. And vice versa. Like sometimes like you guys might have a fantastic block or like an excellent frame or something. And the pitchers are like fired up because of something you did. Even if maybe people on the outside don't notice it quite as much that they know what you did. Like you said, your teammates know exactly the value that you bring. It's so funny because I think when I throw someone out or make a play at the play or just like block a ball, I like feel the love so much and they're like, yes, Sean, like that was awesome. And I'm just kind of like, that was cool. But like next play, like we, we got this time, like, <laughs> like almost it's just like, almost like you like it, it just how the game goes. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was supposed to do that. But my teammates do a really good job of like uplifting me and just that this team is amazing. I, I wish that everyone could feel the vibe that we all feel every single day from one another, because we, we have a really good cohesive group that cares for each other, but also pushes each other. And I think that's a really good balance between between teammates. I feel like a key part of this too is to like cancel out all the external noise, right? Like some of what we've touched on really comes back to that a little bit. And catchers are leaders. Like you guys are a big part of that, especially with pitchers, but really with the whole team. So when you come into this season and it's like, oh, we were picked second in the Pac-12 preseason poll and oh, here are preseason All-Americans, which you have been named as such, you know, do you actually care about that? To be honest, a lot of the times I don't see it. Like (laughs) Coach Aya Aya tells us, she's like, don't be on social media, there's no need. And a lot of the times we don't see it unless our SID, he tells us about it or he'll post about it. And we're just kind of like in our own bubble. It's the funniest thing. Like, Like we just we do our own thing. We focus on ourselves. And I think it's the best and healthiest way to kind of manage with life and sports these days, because everyone is going to have their own opinion about whatever. But at the end of the day, once you get between those lines, that's, that's what matters that day. That's the game that matters that day. And I think that's something that I'm going to take with me um, into my future, hopefully professional career playing softball that I'm just going to worry about what I can control between those white lines. And that's what these coaches have taught us that the the outside noise, there's no need to listen to it. And it's always a great thing to just give your best that day. And that's all you had, you know? Yes. As a, as a former player, I agree wholeheartedly. Now as somebody who's like in the media and has those conversations, they're fun to have, but it's because I'm not the one competing, right? If I'm competing, it's a different type of mindset at the time. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's important for young ones to hear, though, too, you know, that that kind of stuff, it's like maybe you reflect on it at some point uh, and you appreciate it, whatever it is, if it's positive. But it's not what's, you know, actually pushing you every single day. Like that's I, I don't know. I just just think the young ones should know that. 
Yeah. And I think I grew up during a time where like in travel ball, there wasn't much social media coverage. There wasn't much of anything going on, like where there was rankings. There was like occasional like rankings for players, but it wasn't such a big thing as I think now it's become such a big thing. And also it's, um, it's very magnified on the college collegiate stage. So um, I think that it's kind of a different vibe for me to have all these rankings, have all these things that um, different like people and different um, organizations kind of do. But I think it's it's important for those rankings to happen because it keeps people interested. But as a player, I think it's the most important to just give your best every single day and not play mind into into anything in the social media and just play the game that you love. And there's no rankings for how much you love the, the game. So I think that's that's the biggest thing. It's like as a player, as an athlete, just enjoy the game and play it with all your heart. I love that. There are no rankings for how much you love the game. That is so true. It's so true. I mean, it's like, yeah, you can be selective and maybe be like, cool, like we've got a little confidence. Great. But for the most part, yeah, I totally agree. And I love to see that. And with you all, because you do have much more on your plate than we did. And I'm aging myself by saying that, but whatever. (laughs) It's true. It's true. There's a lot going on these days. Yeah, no, there's a lot going on with social media, everything. And it's even just being a student athlete, there's a lot going on. And I think that's why the message from Coach I, Coach Lisa, and Coach Kirk um, about always just staying true and not paying mind to anything um, outside of our bubble. Um, it's helped us a lot and it's kept us in, in a really good spot, just being able to focus on ourselves. When I've kind of mentioned this in the context of when there are good things in the media, right? Like, oh, these preseason awards and things like that. But when there's failure, that's important too, right? Like that, like when we talk about don't get too high or too low, it's like, what does that actually mean to you, right? Because it makes sense to us, but for someone to actually apply it if they want to play softball and if they're they're dreaming big, like what does that actually mean in your experience? Yeah, I think it's... Um... Softball is full of ebbs and flows, and softball is a game of failure. But if you look at it in that aspect, it's not going to be fun. And it's really, yeah, it's really hard to to go up to bat and think, wow, normally th- three out of 10 times I'll only succeed or whatever. But I think it's it speaks volumes to be able to look at the fun in the sport and embrace all the fun times with your teammates with the people around you with everyone that makes you feel alive when you play and not letting the little mistakes or the little failures get to you too much because in this game there's so many moments that are made for being the one or being the moment and being that person that gets your team to the next spot or allows your teammates to cheer you on and all this stuff so I think Focusing on all the little wins is my biggest thing and not not getting too high or too low, like you said, but being resilient through it all, being resilient through the wins, being resilient through the losses. And I think that's the biggest thing that someone I would tell my younger self and I would tell whoever I was giving a lesson to or anyone that came to me, I think I would say just be resilient through it all because it all is paving a path for you to go where you need to go. Right. When you, like, let's say there's an experience or a play or an at-bat or something where you might have experienced some failure, how much are you trying to look back at that and kind of analyze it and and figure out, okay, here's what I can do better? And how much are you kind of just being like, well, let me just short-term memory wipe that completely? I think it depends on um, the situation, but a lot of the times I think I'm very quick to analyze what I could have done better or what I could have improved on. And um, I'm usually very quick. If it's a net bat, I'm very quick to like right away. I get in the dugout as soon as I put my helmet back in. It's clean slate. I'm a catcher again and I need to go talk to my pitchers about our plan. And I go to defense super quick and I'm able to kind of just dump it. Um, On defense, I have between pitches to be able to just get back to my team And so I would say I'm relatively quick with kind of getting back and wiping the slate clean, but I also am very open to like improve. I'll go up to Coach I, our our assistant coach Will, Coach Lisa, Coach Kirk, all of them, and be like, hey, what could I have done if they had seen something different? Or I just analyze within myself like, hey, maybe next time we do this. And I think it's relatively quick and it's been helpful to 
gain this new habit that I've gone once I've gotten to, into the college stage. I think when I was younger, I would dwell a little bit more. But now as a collegiate athlete, I feel like I've matured and grown into this kind of new habit of just dumping it, knowing that there's always another uh, opportunity and just being ready for that next one. Another reason why it's so helpful to have you know, such legendary figures <laughs> on yeah. your staff as well. I mean, you have played for two of the most historic college softball programs in the country, like without a yeah. doubt, the two winningest, like that's pretty wild. Like, have you reflected on that or is it too it, soon because you're still playing? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I've noticed that and I'm like, wow, I played for Coach Kendrea and Coach I and Coach Lisa and it's, it is surreal when I think about it because I've been surrounded by greats, but it has also been so humbling to be able to go up and ask them questions as people and just have them walk me through the walk of womanhood and life. And mm. I think the best messages that they have all left me, and I know I've only been here for two years, but even that Coach Kondrea have left me, were aside from softball. Like they have all taught me valuable lessons that I'm going to take and teach my kids and teach whoever I can that... Um, those messages and those lessons and they're going to stay dear to my heart but it's also amazing to think these two programs that I've played at have so much rich history and that I've been able to be a little piece of it and I can come back one day with my kids and be like this is where I used to be able to just get down in the dirt and enjoy and just have the best time of my life and these are the 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 years that I'll never never forget it's so indicative of the Pac-12 like what a representation too because it's just such a historic conference. I mean, by far the most national championships, thanks to the programs you've played for mainly, yeah. <laughs> but the other other ones too. I mean, even Sachelle, right? When she went to ASU, you have like that Pac-12 background in your family. And it's the last year playing in college for you. It's the last year of the Pac-12 as we know it. What are your thoughts on that part of it? I mean, just thinking about Sachelle, when she grew up, I would watch college softball because she loved college softball. And I remember she would watch, she got recruited by Clint, obviously. So she was always watching the year before she got there when they won the World Series. And I remember she was watching um, the world, the last World Series with um, Megan Wagonfield and Kenzie Fowler playing. And I remember watching that and being like, oh my gosh, like this is a big rivalry. My sister was like trying to teach me about it. <laughs> I'm so young. I'm like, okay, like I'm trying to remember all this to like be like her. But I remember she watched it and she just loved like the pre-hype song. She actually made it her walk-up song for her senior year because it had that big of an impact on her. And just the impact that Pac-12 softball, I don't think a lot of people realize that it had on young girls because it is the Conference of Champions. It is where softball had blossomed and grown and just really made a lot of softball players love the sport. They watch these teams in the World Series and Playing in the Conference of Champions and even playing for the last year in it is going to be an amazing thing. I'm going to enjoy every single series that we go to play at and that comes to play here because it's not going to be the same anymore. And it's it's going to be something very surreal playing in the Pac-12 tournament this last year. And it's going to be at Stanford. And I think it's a beautiful place to finish it. And I'm just really, really blessed and grateful that I'm going to be able to play my last year in the last Pac-12 tournament. And it's just going to be an amazing ride. And I think we, we need to pay the ode to an amazing conference. I agree. And I will be there. So I'm going to see you there no matter what. Yes. I don't see yes. you sooner. But <laughs> it's going to be great. I, I agree with you on that. And I think there are so many alums that feel very similarly. Um, do you think it gives you a little more motivation, a little bit more pressure? Or is it purely like just gratitude? I think it's a lot of gratitude. I, I see all the players that come before us and I see all the players that are coming in and I'm thinking about how softball has evolved so much and the the people in front of us and even us we're we're inspiring the people that are coming after us and it's softball is going to be around for a very long time but I think this is a very special moment in time that we just get to celebrate the conference of champions and just being a Pac-12 athlete and even just seeing the patch sometimes I'm like yeah the Pac-12 like I play in the Pac-12 that is so cool and uh, I just I think it's awesome and just having a bunch of people I I think the the series are going to be crazy I think there's going to be a lot of people coming to watch those and I think the Pac-12 tournament is going to be insane and it's going to be 
a really fun time that we're all going to be able to enjoy and just come together for one last time and one last go around and just send the Pac-12 off with a bang. I agree with you on the patch too. Uh, that's why I wore this for you today from last yes, year. I love, that. I love that. I was like, you know what? This is the time to do it with Charlize. <laughs> yeah, we have to do it. We have to represent the pack and just be like, we got to back the pack, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's so true. But what's cool too with you, as you've mentioned it earlier, like you envision a future career in softball beyond just college. And obviously your sister's done that playing internationally, playing for Athletes Unlimited. Like she's she's done a lot of those things. What do you hope you get to do in your path? I mean, God willing, I would love to continue to play with USA. The, the knowledge that I've learned from USA and the coaches and even just the players. And I know a lot of them through Seychelle. Like a lot of them are always like, little Sush or Shari. They just know me through Seychelle because Seychelle's just the sweetest little thing like off the field and she's feisty on the field. But they just love her. So I've been super blessed that I've been able to know a lot of these players. But to be able to learn from them on the field, I think I've improved my game the most mm-hmm. being with USA because they teach you everything that you need to know and you just have so much knowledge surrounding you. I mean, here at college, I'm a senior, but when I go with USA, I'm like a baby. And it's like, (laughs) it's, it's the funniest thing because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I get to learn from Haley McClinney or I even get to catch Ali Carta, who is a great here. And I remember I was um, in Japan with her and Canada. She was in uh, all of them. And I remember we were just talking and she's like, you're excited to go to UCLA. And I was like, kind of looking at her. I was like, yeah, like I was so (laughs) nervous, but she, she came here, played the same as me and is now on that journey. So USA, God willing, I'd be able to continue to play with them and um, just continue to learn with them. And hopefully fingers crossed, I'll be able to play with my sister at some point um, and just be able to share some moments with her um, before she just, calls that she's had an amazing career and um I think I want to be a part of the just the last little chapter that she has of it um and I think that's that's what my heart desires to do and if opportunities arise of me playing internationally or playing outside of the United States I would be more than happy to to get those opportunities because I just want to continue to play as long as my body is able yeah that's that's really what we want to is to have that opportunity for women and young girls to to dream about that. And I think it's so cool, by the way, that like you've represented Team USA, Seychelles has represented Team Mexico. Like what a cool just overall representation of your family. Like that's awesome. It's crazy because my my dad's side, my grandparents were actually able to see her um, go play in Veracruz, Mexico. And they were full with so much pride to just see those letters across like behind her back and just being able to see her, but also just being able to play for USA has given me so much happiness because I'm able to represent my country that I love and that gives us this opportunity to play. And I've I've been so ecstatic to be able to just give what I can to the little girls that are watching exactly to like build that dream so that they think, oh, they're college softball is awesome and it like college softball is the best to me because that's all I've played so I don't really know but um also to like keep that dream of like yes I want to be an Olympian like little girls need to dream to be an Olympia uh, an Olympic softball player I think that's something that grew with Sashaw and she she accomplished it she is an Olympian and um I I thank God every day that he gave her that that opportunity but there's pictures of her even with coach Lisa, when she watched them all play and she was just like, she had like this little visor. It's so cute that I need to like show you the picture because Sashella is like the cutest baby. Like she's just like, you just want to squeeze her, but she has pictures with all these girls that she dreamed of being and she became that. And I think that's, it's a beautiful thing to come full circle, but also to just inspire young girls for that dream too. So important. I actually told Lisa this like embarrassing. I was like 10 but she's the only person I've ever been starstruck around, really, in life, was Lisa. And it was when I was 10, and I was just kind of like staring at her when I met her, right? So when when you're telling me about Sochelle's picture, I'm like, I could totally picture it. Got it. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about because that feeling is so, so cool. And now you're on the other end of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's weird to think about how far you've come, but um, 
me and Sashelle, we do this little thing where we have like a picture of us when we played when we were younger. And we look at it all the time and we're like, she would be so proud of us. We would be her idol, you know, what, with what we do now. Because you don't think about it all the time when you're just showing up to the field for another day of practice or showing up for a lift at 6 a.m. You don't really grasp that you're living the dream that you once had as a young kid. And I think that's what I'm trying to embody this year as a senior. I'm playing for little Charlize that would, with her pink helmet, that would like die of being a UCLA Bruin, you know? So I think it's the, it's an awesome thing to think about. And also just playing for my dad and my sister and my family. And it's, it's been an amazing year. This fall has been awesome. And I think that this year that's coming up is going to be great. I love that you have that reminder because I actually, I remember at one point I made a young a picture of myself when I was little, my background on my phone. And I've since changed it because I was like, is that weird? It's like myself, you know, <laughs> but it was the same concept as what you're saying. Like it was like to remind myself of like, oh, this is, you know, this is what this little girl was dreaming about or like do it for her. All the things that you said, maybe in a different capacity now, right? Like you're, you're on the field, but I'm covering the sport and trying to help it yeah. grow in a different way. And it's, you know, but it's important to remember that. It's so important. And both are so impactful. Like you growing the sport and me growing the sport at all capacities, we're just continuing to make softball big. And I think that's what every softball player's dream is. We want softball to be the biggest sport covered in any capacity. I think that's what all of our dreams are, that in generations to come, we'll be able to see like, wow, like we, we had a little piece of it. So in any way, it's super impactful. And I think the game has grown since we've had those little pictures of us. So <laughs> I think I think it's an amazing thing to see. You nailed it. Like, absolutely. 100%. And I just feel, I feel you mentioned it about Sochelle, like the passion pours out of her. I feel that from you too. So I don't know if it's hereditary or if you're both, <laughs> you know, if it's just, this is how life ended up. <laughs> but <laughs> it's awesome. So with that being said, I would ask you then, is there anything that you have like feel strongly about that you want to kind of like maybe get off your heart about either the game or about life or something that you're like, you know what, I really want people to know about this. I think one thing that I just always go back to that has never left me astray is my faith and my faith and God has helped me with everything and just praying to him and being able to have have someone that I can rely on just like my family because he's brought them to me but I think my faith has pushed me so much and um I think I just also want to say thanks to my family because they've supported me like no other they've given me so much love and and allow me to be my crazy self at home but also any of them will go throw with me or front toss me. Like one one time my mom was feeding the tea and I was like, mom, this is so weird. Like, I, I don't want to hurt you or whatever. She's like, you're not going to hurt me. I used to play. My mom was a third baseman and she's like, I was the vacuum girl. Like, you, you better not play with me. And I was like, okay, yeah, like you're right. But I think I just want to say thank you to to my family and just give glory to God because God has brought me to some amazing places and softball again has just taken me to some amazing places from all over the U.S. to Japan to Canada and to even play against my sister. So this sport has just given me so much and I'm really grateful for it. Well, I can't wait to see what you do from here because you're right. We're very excited about college softball. I'm very excited for this whole season for you, but also just for your future because like you said, that's, you know, that's a, a big dream that we want everyone to be able to have. So I'm excited to see all of it. And I, you know, I guess I have to let you go soon, so I will. <laughs> but before that, um, I play a game with everybody to wrap up that comes on the show. I do. I think Charlize might have been one of the first people I did this with, actually. Or sorry, mm -hmm. Sochelle. See, that probably happens it's all okay. the time. My Is dad that does annoying? it all the time. My dad does it all the time. Used to it. He's like, Sochelle. I'm like, Sochelle, like answer him, and he's like, Charlize. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I did that the other day too. I was like emceeing a Stanford softball event and I like haven't accepted that the seniors are seniors. So I like <laughs> referred to one of the sophomores as a senior and I'm, uh, it's just a mess. But anyway. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Sachelle's answers to this were fun. I would love to hear your answers to these. Perfect. Let's but, do it. So it's called Safer Out and basically like I'll just bring up a topic, softball related. And if mm -hmm. you like it or you agree with it, you call it safe. It's safe. 
If you don't, then you call it out. Okay, cool. Love it. Okay. First one is knee savers for catchers. Out. Out, out, out. <laughs> I out. love your like disgusted look that you had too. <laughs> out, out. I mean, they probably do help your knees a lot, but just the aesthetic, it needs to be out. <laughs> I don't know if I've had a catcher come on here and be like, oh, safe. Yeah, totally. Ever. Now that I think it's about just a it. catcher thing. It's just a catcher thing. Like all catchers know. If you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. I kind of figured. So that was a good first one. Yeah, that was. Um, all right. Next one is all the conference realignments. Safer out. Can we can we get the booth, you know? Just get <laughs> can we call for a, for our challenge? Um <laughs> oh my gosh, that one's hard. I think I'm gonna say Ooh, that's a that's a bang bang play, but I'm gonna say safe because it's cool that everyone's kind of changing it up. These girls are gonna be able to visit new places. I think that's what I'm most excited for. These girls are gonna be able to go all across the country, and I think it's gonna be a good thing for for um, at least our school. We're gonna get a lot more coverage, which I think it it can't be a bad thing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll be watching it rather than participating in a lot of it, too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Makes it complicated for us. Right. Cool. Okay. (laughs) The last one is bat flips. Safer out. Ooh. I love watching bat flips. I don't think I could ever do a bat flip. So I'll say safe for watching them. For me to do them, I think out. But watching them is pretty cool like baseball and softball i love a good bat flip like that just fires me up but i don't know if it's just me but my reaction when i hit the ball is to run like i am out of there yeah <laughs> like, i am as even sometimes my teammates are like sure like jog a little i'm like i don't know i think it's my adrenaline i am hype like i am sprinting these bases i'm trying to beat my teammates out there but um yeah like i don't think i've ever been able to like really pimp it on a home run like maybe one day i'll be able to pimp it but my initial reaction is like get going shark come on like you gotta you gotta get to third base you gotta get to home plate get get around there but um i'm gonna say safe if okay what if it's the other team like if it's you and your pitcher working hard you get beat on a pitch someone hits a home run and then okay then it's out okay then it's out (laughs) just to clarify (laughs) no get out of there (laughs) fair enough that's fair enough well thank you again Charlize this was so fun I'm so glad we got to do this I'm so excited to good I'm glad that's the point right like is to have fun talking ball but um I'm excited to see the rest of the season and all yes excited to see you hopefully sooner than Stanford but if I just get to give you a hug at Stanford that'd be awesome for me but well actually the series too because y'all are coming up here right so yeah very true okay true two times in Stanford yeah. Two Ooh. times in Palo Alto. That'll be nice. It's beautiful out there. <laughs> Good weather, at least, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. It's really been an awesome time, and I'm so happy that you you chose me to get on your show and just be able to just talk it up. Love talking softball. Of course. And shout out to Vinny, too. You mentioned, like, your uh, SID earlier. Vinny. He's cream of the crop, that one. <laughs> Vinny is amazing. Vinny's awesome. So, I loved having Charlize on. Four years later... I can finally say that we have had both Palacio sisters on the show. And it's really cool because, you know, there's a softball family, there's the Believe family, and then there's actual family. And it's the family within the softball family that's really cool to interact with. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about creating your own energy. We talk a lot about just in life how environments you put yourself in matter. And it's very true. You know, the people you surround yourself with, a clean living space around you, all of those things affect you. And those are influential and can create a certain vibe in your life. But everyone comes across a time where maybe the environment isn't ideal because you can't always control that. And that's when we need to reach internally to make it better. And what I mean by this is, you you know, those games where a team just seems flat, like the energy is just low, there's not a ton of urgency, and they're just kind of going through the motions. It usually doesn't lead to great outcomes. (laughs) I have seen a lot of teams lose when they're like that, and I've experienced it myself. 
I think that's an example of a time where we got to dig deep to get out of that funk. Even if we're not feeling it 100% that day, it starts within us. Because you know those games too, on the other side of things, where a team just comes in hot. They have high energy, loud cheering. They just don't take a pitch off, even if they're the quote-unquote underdog in the situation. I've also seen and experienced more winning in those situations, or at least more competing. And those teams are creating that energy for themselves and for each other because it is contagious. Either way, whether it's turning the energy up or bringing it down, sometimes all it takes is one person to flip that switch in either direction. So when we choose to flip it in the positive direction, we are taking more control because we can't control the outcomes, but we can definitely control our approach. And this is something that is definitely not just in softball, but really in anything. You either make a situation better or you make it worse. You know, what's more productive? What's more helpful? What's more enjoyable? It's pretty clear. So that's it. Create your own energy. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com and YouTube too. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review for it. Again, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.